Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> Thank you for joining with me today. I am grateful. I am so very grateful. My name is Jennifer Hadley, and this podcast is entirely about A Course in Miracles. I believe this is episode number 580. So if you're on an iTunes device and you're wondering where are the other episodes, I only see 300, go to the podcast A Course in Miracles Archive and you will get the rest of them. And as we're at 580 and iTunes only accepts 300 episodes in a podcast, either switch to another podcast app like Spotify uh, or there's going to be A Course in Miracles Archive number two. So three podcasts or just switch to Spotify or something like that, someplace that will hold all the episodes. Oh my goodness. This is the first episode of 2023. I'm on fire with A Course in Miracles. I love how that just continues to be the case of my life. I feel so blessed to have found this teaching. I can remember holding the book in my hands in early days and just weeping with gratitude, weeping and weeping with gratitude. So I I can honestly say, and if you've been listening to this podcast, if you've listened to all these episodes, many people tell me, They've listened to them all a number of times. If you've listened to them all, then you've heard me changing. You've heard it. You've heard it in the stories I tell and the way I remember things. And I appreciate you taking this journey with me. I am getting ready to launch uh, an, uh, an opportunity to listen to the podcast episodes for a small fee with no ads ad-free at a small cost. The purpose is twofold. If you're like me, you don't want to listen to any ads at all for anything ever at any time, pretty much. Um, And you're willing to pay a, a modest amount to be able to do that. I have subscriptions to various things, so uh paid subscriptions, so I don't have to to deal with ads. But also the income from the ad-free version will actually go to support me uh, because otherwise I don't make any income from the podcast. So being able to make a small fee will actually change my life. So if you'd like to support me personally, you can do that. You can also go to jenniferhadley.com to the donate page and it, it gives you my personal PayPal and Venmo and things like that in case you would like to uh, make an offering. I really appreciate it. I truly, truly appreciate it. Your love, your support, your 
consciousness of love and support makes all the difference to me. It really does. I, I thank everyone who's written a review of any version of these podcasts, the archive, the or the prayers for today. All your reviews are so supportive of what I am dedicating my life to. And it is my joy and my absolute pleasure to be able to connect with you in this way. And good Lord willing in the creek don't rise, I'm, I'm hoping to do in-person events again starting this year. So we'll see how that goes. I know we long to get together. And uh, in the meantime, still doing the Zoom thing and loving it. Really, really loving it. We just did the New Year reboot kickoff. It's going on all this month. And it was just wonderful. Absolutely heavenly. So, yeah, you can still join us in New Year reboot and Masterful Living, my year-long course. Registration is still open. Okay, let me get to a prayer. A prayer and a blessing. I am grateful and thankful that the love of God is the light that shines within us all. That every single one of us has that Christ light pre-installed. We are awake and alive to the truth of our identity. We are grateful to surrender the false. We're grateful to let go of that which no longer serves us. We are grateful to recognize the holiness of our brothers and sisters and to claim healed and holy relationships in all of our relationships. We're going for it. We are grateful to allow ourselves to fully rise up above the battlefield and leave the past behind. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen. Yes, indeed. (laughs) So grateful. Ah, So the topic of this episode is Activating Unity Awareness. Activating Unity Awareness. And uh, the section that I am called to to look at is uh, in Chapter 7, Section 3, which is entitled The Reality of the Kingdom. The Reality of the Kingdom. Where we're starting off the year here, and uh, oftentimes there's a whole bunch of new listeners at the beginning of the year, I I like to be able to uh, go back to the key concepts. So that's what I did in the last episode. That's what Spirit had me share uh, the highlights from a conversation with one of the um the groups from Masterful Living, my, my year-long course. So uh, if you haven't heard that, you might listen to that as a great way to begin working with the course. The episode was called A Year of a Course in Miracles. So the antidote to every single issue that we have, every worry, every concern, every fear, every doubt, every insecurity, the answer is unity consciousness, oneness. 
recognizing the oneness of all life. Every time that we think anyone, ourselves or someone else, is not good enough for love, for the blessings of God, whenever we think that, we are activating the root causes of fear, worry, doubt, shame, blame, regret, resentment, competition, taking offense, every single kind of upset that there is. So A Course in Miracles begins the lessons. It's lesson number five. I'm never upset for the reason I think. Lesson number five, I'm never upset for the reason I think. So the the beginning lessons are uh, nothing I see in this room means anything. And then I've given everything I see in this room all the meaning that it has for me. And lesson three, I do not understand anything I see in this room. Lesson four, these thoughts do not mean anything. They are like the things I see in this room. And so everything is about those first four lessons. It's all about I am misinterpreting everything I see. I'm giving everything all the meaning that it has for me. And then the next thing that he introduces is I'm never upset for the reason I think. Because I've given everything all the meaning that it has for me, I'm never upset for the reason I think. And so if we just take, for example, oh, I'm getting so many downloads. Wow, this is great. Really, really great. Okay, I love it. I I feel spirit spinning this whole episode in another direction. (laughs) So I'm going to rename it. I'm going to rename it. I can feel that coming. I've not done that before. This is awesome, though. I wrote about this recently in one of my daily shots of Spiritual Espresso, my daily blog that I write. You can sign up at jenniferhadley.com. And... I was sharing about resolutions, how uh, resolutions aren't helpful because it's an ego-based structure. I resolve. And in my New Year Reboot class, I was saying, imagine that you were to say, I resolve, I am going to love that person. I resolve, I am going to have better sex with my partner. I resolve that I am going to be kinder. Like, it just, the energetic doesn't feel good because a resolution comes from having resolve. Resolve comes from the ego. It doesn't come from spirit. It comes from ego. And in the past, I've talked a lot about intentions. Intentions are so helpful to us and far more loving and kind and gentle 
than resolutions. So my intention is to have better sex. My intention is to be more loving, to be more kind. My intention is to live a healthier life and have a healthier lifestyle. But if we resolve to do it, we will ultimately fail. I mean, and here's the thing. This is what I was writing about in my blog is that What's it for? Going back to, I've given everything in this room all the meaning that it has for me. I've given this resolution, this New Year's resolution, all the meaning that it has for me. I've given everything in my life all the meaning that it has for me. So let's take one of the top resolutions that people make. I'm going to lose weight. Well, number one, Just think about it. I I remember having this realization many years ago because weight has been a thing that I have struggled with. And I laugh. I was saying this the other day in maybe in the Sundays with Spirit uh, program that we do, um, that I now weigh... I don't know, 30 or 40 pounds more than I used to weigh when I was, let's say, 23 years old. And yet, when I was 23 years old, I felt fat. And I didn't like it. I always felt fat. And I felt bad for being fat. So even though I weigh 30 or 40 pounds more now, I don't feel fat. Somebody could say I'm overweight, But I don't feel fat. I don't feel a negative fatness. I'm a roundy. I'm a round-shaped person. My face is round. My breasts are round. My butt is round. I'm a roundy. And that's just, I've accepted this. And I've come to actually love it, enjoy it, and appreciate it. And I am not a body. And so when we feel bad about ourselves, we're going to project that onto our body. Even if we feel bad about ourselves and think we're smoking hot, we will not feel good about ourselves and we will be identified with the body. Never upset for the reason I think. And I've given everything regarding this body, all the meaning that it has for me. I've given everything related to this body, all the meaning that it has for me. Every judgment, every complaint, every attack, I've given all of it, all the meaning that it has for me. So if my resolution is to lose weight, number one, Ego doesn't like to lose anything. So whatever we lose, we're going to want to find it. So I, I remember just that popped into my head one day. What? Okay. So from then on, I have thought about it in terms of I would like to be my ideal weight. I would like to release excess weight, weight that doesn't serve me. So just thinking about it in terms that way, I release it, let it go forever, don't need it back, it's not lost, I'm not going to try to find it. 
So these are just some ways to shift, begin to shift our thinking about it. But a resolution to lose weight is fundamentally for what purpose? Because we think we will feel better about life, about ourselves, we'll feel better in our clothes, on the sofa, sitting down, crossing our legs, bending over, leaning over, right? All these different ways in which we perceive we will feel better when we lose the weight. That is the traditional way of thinking about it. So the invitation I'm offering here is forget that. Forget that. Because I know so many people who have lost a lot of weight, including myself, only to find it and a whole lot more again. I've touched on this a number of times throughout the years. Hard not to repeat myself after 11, 12 years, right, of doing this podcast. So, yes, this is not new to anybody who's listened to all the episodes. God bless you. Thank you for hanging in there with me. And But uh, we don't think a lot of new thoughts, do we? But if we can see that uh, my perception is that if I release this weight, if I'm a thinner healthier person. I will feel better about myself. I will live a happier life. More people will like me. I will be more accepted. And this is totally understood because we live in a world, in at least in the United States, where there's very active fat shaming. And that it's very common for people to look at themselves as being um, lazy, stupid, ignorant, fat, bad, bad, bad. So to me, all of that thinking manifests as form. All thoughts produce form at some level. Could be the level of the body, the level of form. Uh, The form is also our emotions, Form is also our thoughts, and it all works together to generate our experience. So rather than make resolutions, let us simply decide, I would like to feel good about myself all the time in all situations. So This is what I did many years ago, and I can see now, looking back over the decades of my spiritual practice, that two key things really helped me. So back in the 80s, I started doing work to shift my mind to feel safe in all situations and circumstances. I set that intention. I'd like to feel safe in all situations and circumstances. Because I had the realization, it started with, I didn't feel safe alone at night. And I was going to be in a situation where I was going to be up at the family house in Maine for um, most of the summer. And my sweetheart, he was going to fly up to Maine on Thursday nights and fly back to New York on um, 
Monday morning. So I was going to have three nights a week by myself in the house when his kids weren't with us. So I was really scared to be home alone in the middle of the woods on, you know, 20 acres and (laughs) the coast of Maine on an island by myself. And, of course, what did I experience during that time? I experienced foxes crying, screaming in the night. It's a horrible sound. If you've ever heard it, you know what I'm talking about. It sounds like a baby is being tortured when fox are wailing and crying. But um, they, uh, I ne- I've never heard them, really, except for when I was home alone at night up there. And so... Um, I really worked with my mind to feel safe and secure in all situations. That was extremely helpful to me. And that was starting back in the 80s, mid to late 80s. And then in the 90s, I started to hold in my mind, my mind is the mind of God. I live as the Christ consciousness. My mind is the mind of God. I live as the Christ consciousness. Because I realized, and I was talking about this recently, I think in Sundays with Spirit, I realized that if I live as the Christ consciousness, I will have no problems. I will have no sense of lack or limitation. I will feel whole, perfect, and complete all of the time. And so... I I thought, this is a no-brainer. This is the most effective prayer I can make, is to live as the Christ consciousness. So it's like when I came to A Course in Miracles, I started doing the lessons, and I got to Lesson 68, as I talked about last week, Love Holds No Grievances. I realized, oh, if I just do this lesson for the rest of my life, I will absolutely awaken from the dream of separation. Because these these basic things of Christ consciousness, love holds no grievances, feeling safe and secure at all times and all situations, they are bringing me to unity consciousness, to oneness consciousness. So, I think I'm feeling guided to table the whole conversation about unity consciousness, but to make that point, because in the willingness to realize I am not separate from my brothers and sisters, I am one with them. They are part of me as I am part of God. If I condemn them, I condemn myself. So I'm never upset for the reason I think. Every reason for my upset is because I'm believing something that is actually false. Why would I choose to believe things that are actually false? Well, it's like with the resolution uh, to lose weight. I believe that if I weigh less... I will love myself more. I will attack myself less because I will believe I am a better person, that I am more lovable. 
I am more worthy of love. These are very common thoughts. We may not like to admit them, but they're very common thoughts. I don't mind admitting them. For years and years and years, I thought the way to having more people like me and approve of me and the way for me to feel more safe and secure in all situations and circumstances was for me to be a thinner person who could wear more attractive clothes or wear clothes more attractively. I thought if I'm more attractive, if I'm more sexually appealing, all of these kinds of things, I will have a better life. Yet, I've been a spiritual counselor for more than 20 years And in the decades that I've been a spiritual counselor, I have seen without question that some of the most attractive people I have ever seen in my life, physically fit, totally ripped, beautiful faces, physically just stunning people, absolutely, deeply, profoundly insecure unhappy, cannot find happiness, cannot find security. Some of them even have body dysmorphia, which means that they're actually uh, not able to have any kind of grounded sense of what their body looks like. They're just uh, filled with attack thoughts. So, We've given everything all the meaning that it has for us, and our job as Course in Miracles students is to release the attachment to the meaning we've made of things. That is the way out of the unhappiness. Oh, I've got so much more to share, and I'm so glad that we have this forum for me to share it, for us to connect. My name is Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course in Miracles, and I will be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I, I just feel I must apologize for changing the topic without warning. So if that caused you any confusion at the beginning, I'm sorry. I'll get to that topic in the weeks to come for sure. At least I think so. And uh, talking about how resolutions, New Year's resolutions, are doomed to failure here. New Year's resolutions and any kind of resolution is going to be ego-driven, ego-based, not spirit-based not inspired, so it's doomed to failure. And instead of going into a resolve to do or not do something, let's look at the meaning we've given it. And so as I was talking about in the first half, we think that if we lose weight, we're going to have a happier, healthier, better life. But it's not necessarily true at all. And uh, many people who lose weight on an ego-driven path will just gain back even more eventually. 
And so I remember when I uh, came back from living in Europe, I, I went back to the United States and... I think I was staying at my brother's house in New Jersey and I had put on some weight while I was traveling in Europe eating um, whatever I felt like and not exercising really at all and I was uncomfortable with the extra weight and I wanted to, to let it go, permanently release it And what I'd always done in the past was diet and exercise, which had worked for me. But now here I was uh, having put on uh, quite a bit of weight. I don't know, 15, 20 pounds, I don't remember exactly. But I, I knew I did not want to lose the weight with the ego. I didn't want to do that anymore. It's not how I wanted to operate anymore. So, I mean, this has been a journey for me. And realizing, well, what does the weight represent to me? And what does being a lighter weight mean to me? Really looking deeply into those things. And then deciding that rather than I'm going to focus on losing weight... I'm going to focus on, I'd like to feel good inside my body. I'd like to feel good in my clothes. I'd like to feel good about myself regardless of what's going on with my body. I'd like to feel comfortable in my skin no matter what weight I am. No matter whether I can cross my legs or button my pants or any of those things, whether I can hold uh, a plank or down dog or any of those things, whatever's going on, I just like to feel good about myself no matter what. So that was the approach that I took. And that has been successful for me. Now, it has been a journey And I can tell you I'm going to do a program later this year, at least I think I am, uh, called Changing Your Mind About Your Body. I I did a one-time class about that in 2015 or 16, I can't remember exactly, and it was very fruitful. I think it was 2015. It was very fruitful to me. I really felt like there was a lot of insight to be had there, changing your mind about your body. So I'm interested in exploring this, and we'll see what spirit, uh, you know. Hey, this episode was going to be about something else, totally changed, took a left turn. So uh, I, I serve at the, at the instruction of the Holy Spirit is how I feel about it. So we'll just see what happens, no attachments. Um, but it's been very helpful to me to realize I've given the body all the meaning that it has for me. I've given uh, just everything in this world all the meaning that it has for me. Everything is symbolic, and we just don't know what anything is for when we're ego-identified. 
So the best we can do is know that everything is for our good, as it says in Lesson 135, Paragraph 18, everything works together for good, and there are, no, that's not where it says it, but anyway, that's where it says, what could you not accept if you but knew that everything was gently planned for your good? So to me, even the waking, whatever's going on, it's helpful to me in some way, shape, or form. Let me receive the help. Let me receive the insight, the clarity. Let me receive whatever good is encoded into every aspect of my life. So that's not a resolution. It's more of an intention. So let me feel good. My intention or my the deep desire of my heart is or I'd like to. Use whichever works best for you. I'd like to feel good about myself all the time in every situation and circumstance. I'd like to be loving in every situation and circumstance. I'd like to have all holy relationships. I'd like to walk in the world as a healing presence. I'd like to live by the light of the Spirit within, the Christ within. I'd like to live as the Christ consciousness, demonstrating love, compassion, beauty, affluence, wisdom. That's one of my main aspirations that helped me transform my thinking in my life. I'd like to speak truth at all times. I'd like to surrender all stories in favor of truth. I'd like to value the truth that sets me free. I'd like to remember that I'm already as holy as holy can be. So making these kinds of statements and instead of resolutions to quit smoking, to lose weight, Because if you'd like to quit smoking, what is that for, right? You could say, well, it's for my health. Well, maybe it is, maybe it's not. Seriously. I just, I just, I don't know. (laughs) However, I do know that the majority of smokers who are spiritual students and I used to be one of them for a long time, we don't feel good about ourselves. We feel ashamed and wrong and bad. And we think it's because we smoke, but we smoke to keep that going, to affirm that it's true. That's what I found out for myself. You look within and you find out, what it is that is perpetuating your smoke, smoking. Are you addicted? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I've learned from my experiences. So as I've said before, I quit smoking three times in my life. The first two times were really, really hard. And the third time was cake absolute cake just not a problem at all so now I can see 
that I wasn't smoking for the reason that I thought. Just like I was not upset for the reason I thought. I was smoking to affirm and to prove that I was a bad person. To keep that going. It may sound strange or crazy, but this is now what I know. That the things I did that made me feel bad about myself, I did them to make me feel bad about myself. So all of the things that I did that left me feeling ashamed and wrong and bad, that was the purpose of them. I wasn't smoking because I was addicted. Otherwise, when I quit the third time, it would have been just as hard or harder than when I quit the first two times. But it was not hard at all. Why? Because I had a moment where if I, it was a long time ago now, but what I remember was something like I went to light a cigarette, I went to smoke it, And I realized, I'm done with these. I don't want these anymore. I put the cigarette out or put it down, threw it all away, and that was that. I didn't have temptation to smoke again after that. I didn't go through any kind of withdrawal or craving. There was none of that. What changed? What changed was my thoughts about myself. I think many times the experiences I have, I have them precisely because I'm going to share about them. So I had the contrast of trying to quit several times, doing it through resolve. I made a resolution. I am going to quit smoking. I don't want to be a smoker anymore. It's bad for me. I feel ashamed It makes me feel sick. I don't want to endure this anymore. This shame, this feeling bad. But I just found other reasons to feel ashamed and bad. It didn't change that at all. But, hello, (laughs) when I changed how I felt about myself no longer felt ashamed and bad, quitting smoking was easy. So I went from feeling ashamed and bad about myself, judging myself immensely, not seeing the true nature of my being, to being able to see the true nature of my being, being willing to see the true nature of my being is and always will be, always has been the Christ. When I was willing to see that, I did not have an interest in shaming myself anymore. This is why my year-long program, Masterful Living, is a year. Because I find that most people need at least that much time to make the mental changes. 
And uh, now I have year one, year two, year three, and we have a year four, and people just stay in the year four because they're making real, tangible, miraculous progress every single year. If that's what you'd like to do, if you'd like to eliminate feeling bad about yourself, if you'd like to eliminate the relationship horrors and pain and suffering and be that light of love in your family, in your workplace, if you'd like to, whatever your goals are. For some people, they want to get off antidepressants and not be depressed anymore. Some people do want to get in shape and and lose weight. And, and some people want to heal their body. Some people want to heal their relationships. Some people want to double their income. Whatever it is, you can release the blocks to love with truly living A Course in Miracles. You do not need my help, but I am here. If you'd like to do it and have fun with a group of people from around the world who are doing it together, remembering to laugh Come and join us. We are getting started later this month, and we've got bonuses for those who sign up earlier. So uh, what I know is that resolutions are bound to fail. I broke every resolution that I've ever had that I'm aware of. I really have. I've broken them all. But... When I change my mind about the world, when I change my mind about the body, when I change my mind about the people I'm in relationship with, when I change my mind about myself, then my behavior changes for real, for good. And it's not a struggle. I mean, just think of that. The first time I quit smoking, it was so hard. It was so hard because I was doing it purely through ego. It was so, so hard. I went through withdrawal. I was addicted. The third time I quit smoking, I, I just put it down. And that was that. There was no withdrawal. There was no pain. There was no suffering. No cravings. Done. What else can I put my attention on? I didn't have to struggle. And this is what I have found. I I, I have found that we can, it happens every year. There's always people in Masterful Living every year who lose significant amounts of weight, 20, 30, 40 pounds, and they are not dieting. They are not doing new exercise programs, working out like banshees or anything like that. They simply have become more conscious. Now, everybody's got their sticky stuff, right? But I have to say, I'd rather work on my sticky stuff in good company, in loving company, than on my own. I had to do it on my own uh, to a large degree, I mean, I've had spiritual prayer partners and friends for a long time, but this putting the pedal to the metal, really working these principles of A Course in Miracles, boy, that sure changed everything for me. And remember, if you don't know, if you just started listening, I, uh, back in the 90s, 
Well, back in the 80s, I started going to services with Eric Butterworth at Unity in Manhattan, where I lived. And then when I moved to Los Angeles, I started in classes at Agape. I became a Science of Mind practitioner. And then I became a Science of Mind minister from the Agape School of Ministry. I was one of the two first graduates in the first class. I started my own spiritual community with my um, then student Jesse Brune, and that community still goes on. It's called Inspire LA. And uh, I did that for years as a minister, doing Sunday services. I uh, started speaking at Agape's um, uh, Sunday night program and their Freedom Path program. I spoke there, I don't know, hundred more times when I lived in Los Angeles. I sang in the choir at Agape for 11 years. So I was very uh, much dedicated to all of these things, very steeped in the science of mind teachings, in new thought. And then I found A Course in Miracles. And for me, A Course in Miracles has been the quantum leap. It just, maybe it's the difference between Ernest Holmes uh, bringing forth these ancient wisdom teachings uh, versus Jesus channeling it through Helen Shookman. I don't care what the difference is. It doesn't matter to me. For me, Science of Mind prepared me for A Course in Miracles. And also the teachings of Gandhi and King in applying the principles of living a nonviolent life prepared me for A Course in Miracles. And I'm so, so grateful, so, so grateful to have found A Course in Miracles and to be able to have these beautiful teachings. So we've given everything all the meaning that it has for us. If we can just accept that those beginning principles of A Course in Miracles, that this is so important to stand back from thinking we know what anything is for. Lesson 25, I do not know what anything is for. If we can stand back from all the meaning that we've given to things, what's going to happen is our level of upset is going to dramatically decrease. And the more we diminish our sense of upset and self-hatred and self-condemnation and the jealousy and the comparison, the more we step back from thinking that our thinking is correct when our thinking is stinking, the more we can stand back from it and say, I've given everything, including my body, all the meaning that it has. And apply that beginning lesson of... I've given everything all the meaning that it has for me. And moving into the realization that these thoughts don't mean anything. 
They are like the things I see in this room. They have no meaning. So um, in that lesson four, he says to us, Jesus says to us, this is a major exercise and will be repeated from time to time in somewhat different form. The aim here is to train you in the first steps toward the goal of separating the meaningless from the meaningful. It is a first attempt in the long-range purpose of learning to see the meaningless as outside you and the meaningful is within. It is also the beginning of training your mind to recognize what is the same and what is different. Then he says, in using your thoughts for application of the idea for today, identify each thought by the central figure or event it contains. For example, this thought about blank does not mean anything. So lesson four, these thoughts do not mean anything. They are like the things I see in this room. Then practicing it, this thought about whatever does not mean anything. This thought about the president does not mean anything. This thought about the coronavirus does not mean anything. This thought about the body's weight does not mean anything. This thought about my spouse does not mean anything. It is like the things I see in this room. They don't mean anything. He says you can also use the idea for a particular thought that you recognize as harmful. So this thought about my value in the world does not mean anything. This thought about my sense of lack does not mean anything. This thought of jealousy and comparison does not mean anything. So if they don't mean anything, if the stories that we've told ourselves, if all the pain and suffering doesn't mean anything, maybe we can hand it up to the higher Holy Spirit self for healing. So a practice could be these thoughts about my body do not mean anything. Therefore, I'm turning them over to the higher Holy Spirit self. I'm only interested in the thoughts I think with God. And let us focus on the thoughts we think with God and only that. Let's place our hand on our heart and be grateful and thankful that our mind is the mind of God now and forever. We can give up resolutions that fail and stand in the light of truth. We are grateful and thankful for the unity of all life, for the wholeness, the perfection, the beauty, and the magnificence that we already know. Let it be, and so it is. Amen, amen, amen.